0: do has a message for liberals and the mainstream media. You can't handle the truth! So buckle up, snowflakes, because we're about to deliver the politically direct best in conservative commentary, news, and investigative reports. We're telling the truth, and we're not going to stop. Okay, liberals, back under the bridge with the rest of your fellow trolls and, oh yeah, thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots. They are special, special people. On RSPRadio1.com. Welcome to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot. Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor. It's Tuesday night, Valentine's night, right here in the uh, land of love near Valentine, Nebraska. Diane, how are you?
1: Oh, I'm hanging in there, folks.
0: <laughs> we had every intention of being on the air last week. It just didn't work out for either one of us.
1: No, we both had like the little black clouds following <laughs> over us.
0: I mean it was it was a long. Weird week.
1: Yes. Who wants to go first, you or me?
0: Oh, you you go ahead. Because I, I know you're just itching to get this out.
1: Oh, God, am I itching. <laughs> 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 Literally. What happened to me, guys, was that Sunday morning, right, you know, a day and a half before the show, two in the morning, I wake up, and a part of my head is just in agony and burning like crazy. And I thought something bit me or a cat scratched me or you know, crazy things like that. Right. So, I couldn't sleep for the rest of the night. Monday, I felt a little better. But Tuesday morning, when I woke up, I said to my husband, you've got to get me to the doctor as soon as possible. The pain on one side of my head was unbearable it was coming like a knife at me and it turned out I had been in my sleep bitten by big red um fire ants yowza somehow they got in the house there was a tiny little hole we found by the foundation and they went under there came somehow came into the house (sighs) Got up on the bed, I guess, and bit the hell out of half of my head, and the um, doctor said if you had waited 24 more hours, I would be putting you in the hospital for a major staph infection.
0: Well, you know, it could have been worse. Yeah. They uh, they could have crawled into your underwear drawer.
1: That's true.
0: (laughs) You know, and, and then you'd be doing an impression of Rihanna, so...
1: All oh, right. Oh, please. She's gross. <laughs> Chances are it was just one or two ants. That's all but, it takes. I mean, that's, you know, Florida. Yeah. We've got little creatures. One or two ants, but they got me on the antibiotic right away. I'll be finished in 2 days, but the remnants are, he said the itching might stay for a little bit longer.
0: Well, so you got that to look forward to.
1: Yeah. Well, at least, at least I don't have to go shopping. Well,
0: that's true. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, that, tell that's, yours. <laughs> well, Thursday, uh, you know, Diane's Diane's thing knocked her off the air uh, for Tuesday night show. Well, Thursday, uh, I had to run a couple errands uh, in town, and I got those done, and I was uh, leaving heading back home, my, my little 25 mile drive to get back home. And as I was coming out of the edge of town, uh, on the highway, I'm on the highway and it's 45 miles an hour, uh, at that point. And then it, you know, once, once you get down the road, just a little ways, it goes up to highway speed 65, but right there, it was 45 and I'm coming down the highway and, This young lady pulls out from the driveway of a motel right in front of me. And she saw me and it was too late. She, I, I was going to try and go around her. I was going to go into the oncoming lane because there was no traffic coming and, but she accelerated. So I, uh, dove back to the right, but boom. And uh, oh. luckily, luckily, both of us, you know, walked away from it. Um, but both cars were totaled. Uh, her little Honda Accord was totaled, and my minivan was totaled.
1: Hmm. You've got the you know anti-car gods hanging I, over your head. <laughs> the, I know. The it. Past couple of years.
0: You know. Well, I mean, they're hanging more over my wife's head than they are mine. That's but, true but um, yeah so now now I'm I'm doing the dance with the uh, with her insurance company's insurance adjuster and waiting for an assessment and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, all the fun stuff, right?
0: Yeah and I, you know I spent a couple of days on uh, online uh, looking for possible replacements and holy crap have the used car prices gone up
1: yeah we so have the new car prices so you know it's uh welcome to biden's america where everything kind of sucks
0: yeah so that's that's pretty much why we weren't on the air last week yeah but we're back so that's a good we're thing we're back Right. Uh, and we've got plenty of stuff to get through tonight. Diane, you're talking about the Taiwan test or something else.
1: Yeah, and I've got a uh, another sneaky suspicion that we'll talk about after the article.
0: Okay, and I'm covering the religion of race baiting.
1: And it is a religion.
0: It, it really is. Yeah. You know, so those are the two main... Uh, segments for the show tonight but we also have quick hitters uh, and let's start with vice president mike pence um, his legal team is set to oppose january 6 subpoenas
1: yeah and um, what he's saying is that his role as president of the senate should insulate him from grand jury questions really mike you know, you didn't do the right thing on um, January 6th. You could have stopped all of this. You knew that that election was, you know, rife with fraud. Everybody knew it. And nope, you didn't have the guts to stand strong. So you know what? You now have to pay the price.
0: I, You know, I think technically, though, he's probably right. Yes, you know. You know, yeah and it's it's a technical point now mm-hmm. what's interesting about this is you know he's he's ready to ignore the subpoenas right, right? uh or at least oppose them um where is the january sixth committee going right now i mean i i as i understand it they're trying to get to the real truth of what happened. They're they're trying to find out who told the Capitol Police to open the Capitol doors. They're, they're trying to get to the truth of how that all transpired, which is quite different than, than what the January 6th committee has been doing for the last couple of years.
1: Well, my opinion, the one who actually gave the order was Nancy Pelosi's son
0: that's just my opinion i i think that's probably true but he's not in the position to do that she
1: is she's not i mean she is i'm sorry but she couldn't really show her face like that so her son probably you know had something in writing you know um passing this along, whatever. I think he was the actual person, but she was the one behind it.
0: Well, and she was also the one behind not bringing in the National Guard when she was advised three or four days ahead of time that you might want to line this up. Um, She and the mayor of D.C., uh, they're the two that were responsible uh, for all of that. But um, as I understand it, that's what the January 6th committee now is trying to get to. They're trying to get to the bottom of how that was allowed to transpire.
1: Well, you know what gets me really mad about this committee? They forget one very important thing. There was one person killed that day, Ashley Babbitt. Right. Killed by D.C. police. He got off scot-free. They wouldn't even charge him. Yep, exactly. That's what I mean. Scot free, Nothing. Where is justice for her? All you had to do was watch the tape and you could see in no way did uh, President Trump's words tell anyone to go and commit violence. It's a cut and dry case. He did not incite violence. No. That mob was egged on by the Pelosi crew well not only not only egged on by the
0: pelosi crew but we we have pretty good evidence that undercover fbi officials and you know who they work for right exactly were in the crowd outside urging people to go not only to go to the capitol building but to go inside
1: exactly and the police just opened the door for them
0: well it it, it looks like it was all orchestrated. Of course it was. You know, and and if that's the case and Mike Pence knows it, that might be why he doesn't want to testify.
1: Exactly. Because then he would be the rightful target, not President Trump.
0: Right. So, I mean, there's any number of reasons why he may not want to testify under oath because if he knew any any of that was going on, and he gets questioned about it, and I guarantee you, he would get questioned about it.
1: Exactly. He may not want to talk. Well, all I know is the very first time I saw him, and this you could hear on our past radio shows, I never liked him. I always had a feeling that this man could not be trusted and that he was bad news. And I turned out to be 100% correct
0: yep so you know we'll wait and see what happens the, right uh, but uh, i i don't anticipate that he will testify i don't think he
1: will no i don't think he will either he yeah. has too much to lose especially since he's pondering a run for the white house
0: well but all that a joke all that does is open up room for more speculation so Exactly. You know, so I mean, if if you want to keep people like me from speculating as to what's you know is he's trying to hide, just be transparent. In certain you know, politicians, that's kind of a dirty word. Well, it is, but but that's what I'm saying. If if you don't want people speculating, just get up there, testify, tell the truth, and go home exactly you know it's pretty simple uh joe biden is set to release another get this folks 26 million in oil
1: from the oil
0: reserves
1: yeah and he's going to do it between april 1st and june 30th which is going to be very interesting because that's the time when it's been predicted that gas prices are going to start to rise again you know ahead of the summer driving season
0: Right. You, you pretty much figure the summer season for transportation and driving and vacationing and mm-hmm. going here and there starts on Memorial Day weekend, which is at the very
1: end of May. Exactly. And this, you know, when he does this, it's going to bring our oil reserves to the lowest level since 1983.
0: Here's Here's the thing that really shocked me about this. I had no idea that we still had any oil in the oil reserve. Oh
1: no, I I knew
0: we did. You know, Biden's been giving away so damn much oil, and a lot of it to the Chinese. You know, oh. I fi- I figured he tapped out by now, but no, apparently he's he's got you know plenty more that he well, can.
1: It's it's not plenty because remember originally under president trump we still had 713 million barrels when biden was done you know with his uh, nonsense uh we lost 260 million barrels and we were only at 371.6 million barrels as of the beginning of february this year now that's the lowest since december 83 that's all under biden
0: yeah and and it's going to go lower you know now and the the problem is uh, trump wanted to replenish the strategic oil reserve the liberals in congress would not allow him to do it and when when trump wanted to do it the price of a barrel was way down I mean right. way down he could have refilled the whole oil reserve for next to nothing. Right. Now if you want to add on that. Yeah. yeah. Now if you want to put oil back into the oil reserve, the Saudis and the Russians are controlling the price of a barrel and they've got us over a barrel. Well, you know what
1: between the Saudis between Putin And between uh, Xi Jinping, China. You know, we've got a whole uh, top tier of our government beholden to the enemy, in my opinion. Well, and and getting in deeper. Mm Mm-hmm. Deeper and deeper. Every
0: day goes by. Now, let me ask you this. Do we know who's getting this 26 million barrels?
1: I... Believe, uh, I'm not positive about it, but isn't it partly going to Europe?
0: I think so. You know, yeah. so ag- again, this is our
1: strategic reserve. Right. Belongs to the U.S. Okay. Meaning, if there's a war, folks, we might not have enough petrol to not just service our vehicles, but for our military.
0: I wouldn't worry about that. We've got wind turbine-powered army <laughs> tanks and, you know, solar-powered fighter jets. And
1: Yeah, that's true. You mm-hmm. know. If you live um, in a bizarro world.
0: Well, and, and somebody sitting in the Oval Office certainly does.
1: Right. Oh, that's true.
0: You know, that's I don't true. know. I, I Honestly, I don't know who's daffier today. I don't know if it's Biden or Feinstein.
1: I kind of think they're both equal, or at Feinstein? least they share the same pudding cup. I mean, they're both out <laughs> of their walkers.
0: I don't know if you heard this today, folks, but Feinstein said that she's you know released a statement that she is going to retire. She's not going to run for reelection out in California. Okay? okay. Then a couple of hours later, as she was walking through the halls, uh, reporters wanted to ask her about it and one enterprising reporter said uh you know when did you make the decision to retire and not run again and this is literally two hours after the statement was released feinstein said well i haven't made that decision yet we haven't released anything yet and one of her aides leaned over and said we already released that oh my god and and feinstein looks at her and says really that was released, I had no idea.
1: <laughs> what is she? Eighty eight years old? I'm I might have her a little too old, but isn't she around there in her upper
0: eighties? Yeah, I think she's in her early three hundreds. Yeah. yeah. Um you know, so I don't know who's daffier today, Diane Feinstein or Joe Biden, but Biden releasing all these barrels of oil out of the strategic oil reserve and giving most of them to foreign countries. You know, Europe, um, okay. China, no way. But, you know, you're giving away our strategic oil reserve. Now, if we were still energy independent, like we were when Trump was in office, you'd have oil to give away and you wouldn't even have to touch the reserve.
1: Exactly. We have more oil than anyone, folks, even more oil than Saudi Arabia.
0: But we're not ben. we're not going to drill any more holes. We're not going to pump anything out of the holes we already have. We're not going to build any more refineries. We've got states like California saying they're going to ban uh, the use of fossil fuels, you know, uh-huh. and and so and we're giving away the
1: strategic oil reserve. This this is not a good plan. Well, you know what? It, it's beyond a plan, Craig. Because in a way. This is paramount to treason, what's being done. We are being left on the verge of being defenseless right. if there is a war. I mean, and this don't is think for a minute that China wouldn't love to go up against us.
0: Right. Now, you are going to be dealing with the balloon fiasco mm-hmm. You know, in about 10 minutes or so, mm-hmm. but the biden administration seems to be a wee bit confused <laughs> regarding balloon shoot downs and, and by yeah. a wee bit confused i mean they got their heads up their butts; so they don't know what they're doing
1: no they really have no idea what what it was they were shooting at it's so bad that one of the Generals, one of our own generals said, well, we're not even discounting UFOs. I mean, what these things are, these small things, they're either some form of weather balloon or the new uh, theory is they might actually be communication devices from legitimate companies. Now,
0: I can speak to that from a personal knowledge standpoint okay several years ago when we were living just south of the grand canyon okay we had a job for a little while uh, about six or eight months where we were releasing a large weather balloon every day Mm -hmm. and it had a communication device on it so that people on the reservation could send their medical data to the balloon and and the balloon would relay it down to a hospital in phoenix
1: okay and,
0: and we had to get those balloons up to about 70 75 000 feet uh, okay. for that for that to work and and we'd go out and release one every morning so that that stuff could be transferred now if we were doing that now biden would probably be shooting down our medical information balloons
1: right the problem is they didn't know what they were taking down they didn't even bother to research it and to make it worse on the first passes our jets missed one of them
0: yeah one of the f-16 firing a four hundred thousand dollar sidewinder missile missed on the first attempt
1: yeah i mean that's very bad very very bad our military is too busy being woke and practicing their pronoun usage than learning how to defend our country. And that's extremely serious.
0: Well, look, I can, I can cut the Air Force a little bit of a break on this. I mean, the balloon is traveling at whatever the speed the wind is, right? The okay. F-16 is traveling near the speed of sound and the sidewinder is a heat seeking missile there's not a lot of heat on that balloon
1: no no but they got the chinese balloon the first try right and they've gotten you know two
0: or three of the others on the first try but exactly. um, you know i mean it's it can't be easy that's all i'm saying is if you're an Air Force pilot, it can't be easy to shoot something moving that slow with that small of a heat signature with a heat-seeking missile when you're doing the speed of sound.
1: (laughs) Well, our troops were trained to do just those type of things. Imagine if that had been an incoming jet ready to attack
0: it would have been easier to shoot down. That's my point. If it was a jet, it would have been easier to shoot down because it's got a large heat signature. Literally, our military hasn't trained to shoot down balloons since the mid-1800s. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that part's,
1: that part's yeah. true. You know. but it, it, it's a fiasco all the way around because they shot down what could be purely legitimate Um operations of private companies what's going to be the outcome if that happens
0: i i don't know that's a great question yeah you know i mean so we wait and see finally in the quick hitters uh governor christine noem uh just just my neighbor to the north uh, up here in south dakota she signed a bill yesterday that bans transgender Now i use your air quotes transgender care for minors, now, by care, it it bans um, the the surgeries for transgenders. It bans the the hormone blockers and and all of that for transgenders under the age of eighteen.
1: Right. What they're actually talking about is gender affirmative affirming health care for minors, including puberty blockers, hormone therapy and sex reassignment. Surgery. Christine like Ron DeSantis, is smart enough to know. You can cut things off. You could add things. You can mess with innards or bit, But until human DNA is able to be changed, you are as you were born. This is not sex reassignment surgery. This is sex. Let's pretend to be what we're not surgery.
0: Exactly. And it's going to affect these kids for the rest of their lives. Yes. All right. None none of the quote unquote care addresses the psychological issues that are involved in this. And these are kids under the age of 18. These are minors.
1: Right. right. In fact, many of them have said that as they got older and they grew out of that phase, right. they regret their decision or their parents allowing them to do this.
0: Well, I applaud uh, Governor Nome up there. She did the right thing. The, the legislature up there did the right thing because they had to pass it through the the House and the Senate in the state of South Dakota before it even landed on the governor's
1: desk. So, right. And next up to uh, follow in these footsteps is Utah, and I believe Oklahoma.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, people are starting to, you know, say, we've had enough of this woke nonsense. We've had enough of this pronoun nonsense, but it's going to be very slow in coming. That's the problem.
0: Well, and the reason the liberals are so in favor of doing this to kids that are minors, and I, you know, when I say kids, I mean kids, right? is because they figure if they can get them transitioned now, then they've got them. The, the, their exactly. indoctrination technique is complete. They've got them, and they can they can move on and try to indoctrinate another kid.
1: Well, it's all about votes. We go back to the votes, folks. Everything here is to make the next generation of Democrat voters.
0: right. And down the road, if uh, some of the <coughs> excuse me, if some of these transgenders decide, oh man, I regret what I did. Uh, and I want to go back, uh, then, you know, the liberals will say, well, you, <clears throat> you're a victim of a psychological situation, and we're the party that represents victims, so if you vote for us, we'll take care of you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the way it works. The, the, what gets me is the parents of these children, how they could allow, as parents... Their son or daughter to be mutilated in order to play act. Well, I you just have to don't get it.
0: Yeah, but you have to understand that the the full on uh, liberal agenda for this is that minors won't even have to alert their parents. Exactly, and that is
1: extremely
0: scary. It is. Yeah. It's dangerous. I-
1: this whole surgery nonsense is dangerous because it's not natural. You're not changing anything. You're just contributing to play acting. That's it.
0: Folks, we've hit the bottom of the hour. we got to take a break. 30 minutes from now, I'm talking about the religion of race baiting. But when we come back from this short break, Diane has it with the Taiwan test or something else. Stay with us. We've got more to come on Right Side Patriots after this. You're listening to Right Side Patriots Radio, the best in conservative commentary, news, and talk, where we do away with the politically correct nonsense and give you the politically direct truth. This is the home of Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with Craig Andreessen and Diane Sori. We're working to make this country great again from the right and leaving puddles of melted snowflakes on the left. Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots, your best bet on the Internet.
1: You're listening to rspradio1.com. Hi, guys. Diane sorry from The Patriot Factor on the PatriotFactor.blogspot.com, where I found a home base seven years ago after becoming one of Facebook's longtime Facebook felons, or so I've been told by the Facebook gods. And join us both on Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. EST at rspradio1.com.
0: Welcome back to Right Side Patriots on rspradio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot, Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor. Getting you through a Tuesday night edition of the show. If you miss any part of it, go to rspradio1.com tomorrow morning, click the podcast button, and you automatically become a pod person. Yes,
1: peas in a pod.
0: All right, Diane, so you have taken on the whole balloon fiasco. And there's a lot of different scenarios that could possibly be involved in this, so you put together an op-ed under the title of The Taiwan Test or Something Else.
1: Right, and let's start by saying on Saturday, February 4th, 2023, at about 2.39 EST, the U.S. military shot down the Chinese spy balloon over the Atlantic Ocean, eight miles off the South Carolina coast, well within the 12-mile limit. This was a full eight days after said balloon entered Alaska airspace near the Aleutian Islands on January 28th, flew over Alaska and Canada to reemerge over Idaho, when on Thursday, February 2nd, the U.S. Northern Command and NORAD first detected a Chinese high-altitude surveillance balloon over the continental United States. And it took our military on Biden's orders a full three days to bring it down after its having entered the continental U.S., Now, back in 1965, the novel White Lotus was published. Its author, a man by the name of John Hersey. I happened to come across this book four decades later when in a bookstore, something drove me to purchase it. And its storyline stayed in my mind all these years, for even then I could see its stated plot unfolding as we entered the 21st century. This novel told of a great war where the United States had been conquered by the Chinese, and where Americans were kidnapped and brought to China to be slaves of the Chinese government. And as the story progressed... Seen through the eyes of a captured young girl, now a slave, we witnessed her transformation from slave into a revolutionary who started a movement of nonviolent protests that terrified her slave masters to the point where they eventually became shamed and ultimately were defeated. And why this book's specific analogy in regards to the happenings going on today Because what happened in the novel with seemingly petty grievances between China and the U.S., grievances our country ignored just as we're doing now, escalated into the very war we tried to convince ourselves would never happen. And sadly... That's what seems to be happening here, as many in our government made light of the Chinese surveillance balloons leisurely gliding across our country, drifting over key military air bases and nuclear weapons sites. This anything but a weather balloon or claimed civilian reconnaissance airship was able to maneuver itself over sites that should have raised the ire of not only our president, but the Pentagon as well. Something that most decidedly did not happen on either account, as per the timeline that unfolded, which leads me to wonder why. And as red flags were being ignored at first, A second such balloon was discovered, drifting its way across Latin America. While just this past Friday, our military took down an object located in U.S. sovereign airspace over Alaskan territorial water. And then on Saturday, not only did one of our F-22 fighter jets shoot down an unidentified cylindrical object over Canada, Biden approved and asked for by Prime Minister Trudeau, but a radar anomaly led to a temporary closure of our airspace over Montana, possible forebodings of war to come not unlike those in the aforementioned novel. Remember, true harbingers of war are not always overt and deadly, like Hitler's invading of Austria and Poland. And yet such harbingers are happening today and are basically being ignored. So, Craig, here I'm going to present three possibilities for the stated recent events, focusing on the surveillance balloon. And it's all about timing and our response, or lack thereof, to it.
0: You know some of history's biggest mistakes have been made by people in positions of power saying, "Ah it's no big deal
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know and and then it turns out to be a big deal um if if we look at this situation, you know and and let's for the moment let's focus on the chinese balloon the the one right. <clears throat> the one oh, we the know one where, we where know it where came me. from and know where it was right mm-hmm. if if we look at that. Uh, in, in this regard, w- what is it that we can gain by now being aware or, or
1: where we should have been aware before this ever happened? Well, let's start by saying my possibility number one of what happened. Basically, you know, while concerns regarding this balloon's unexpected appearance remains of the utmost importance, no matter its final destruction, what mustn't be overlooked is the timing of said appearance in relation to China's largest military buildup in decades as they eye the takeover of Taiwan. Now considered to be a fully independent island nation by some, on paper that is, as Taiwan is not recognized as such by the UN, Taiwan, while not officially recognized as being fully independent by the U.S., is nevertheless an ally of ours. Officially known as the Republic of China, Taiwan lies about a 100 miles east of the Chinese Communist mainland, directly across the state of Taiwan. And its out islands are even closer, as Chinese leaders continue to deem Taiwan as but a rogue province that must be brought back into mainland China's fold. Why so? Back in 2005, China passed a law authorizing the use of military force if Taiwan formally tried to secede and officially become recognized as independent as the communist government of the People's Republic of China saw Taiwan as being a threat to their one-China policy claim, that they alone are the sole heir to the China title, thus seeing Taiwan independence as allowing another country to claim to be the true China. Simply, the brouhaha over Taiwan is not solely about China's flexing muscle, hence control, while standing up to the U.S., but is also about saving face to the nth degree. How so? The mere possibility of Taiwan's being formally recognized on the world stage as a truly independent nation, especially a nation with ties to and influence by the U.S., has again led Chinese President Xi Jinping to remunerate that Taiwan must be absorbed back into the People's Republic. Saying that he will not renounce the use of force or give up the option to use all necessary measures to accomplish that goal should make it clear to all that Xi Jinping will invade Taiwan, but it will be on the time of his choosing, even if he must militarily go up against the U.S. and her Allies, a true harbinger of war sounded, albeit with a variable timeline of sorts in place. However, before any invasion were to take place, China would surely want and need to know America's response to said invasion. Meaning, could the recent balloon flyover of our country be a test of sorts to gauge Biden's promised response? A response made back in May 2022, when Biden stated that we would defend Taiwan militarily if China were to invade, as per the Taiwan Relations Act, an act passed requiring us to provide Taiwan with the military means to defend itself. So with that promise never being taken off the table, both response time and means of response becomes Even more critical. And know that Joe Biden has failed China's test for taking a full eight days to bring down a surveillance balloon initiated from what is an enemy nation shows that Biden is not willing to defend his own country in a much needed timely manner, let alone keep his promise to defend another country in what is the critical time frame involved. How so? By the time it would take us to get our military assistance to Taiwan, the Chinese military would already have made it there, probably in less than an hour. So, Craig, what we're seeing is a possible harbinger of war to come. Balloon test number one was basically ignored, thus being a complete U.S. failure. Sadly, score one for the enemy side.
0: You know, I, I personally, I think your possibility, number one, is probably the strongest possibility. Mm-hmm. Okay, but that said, you cannot dismiss other possibilities. It would be remiss to dismiss them, and it would be dangerous to dismiss them.
1: Right. And what I believe to be possibility number two concerns what I first believe to be a nefarious purpose for the balloon, nefarious on both China's and our part, nefarious in that could the balloon's presence have been a Chinese seeding operation of sorts, a seeding operation that Biden willfully ignored. However, while some continue to suspect this possibility, there are certain scientific facts that need to be in place to successfully see anything from the air. First, one needs to be closer to the ground than 66,000 feet, for the wind currents themselves would take the seeds away from their intended targets. Also needed for successful seeding is a way to garner precise maneuverability. No matter what some social media and news media report, as this particular balloon only had a rudimentary ability to alter its course, even with it having a rudder as a rudder alone does not give a balloon the ability to override wind currents. You can release balance, meaning weight, to go higher, and you can release gas to go lower, but not close enough in this case to release an aerosol toxin. This means that while the balloon did indeed saunter across our country at an extreme height, it did so only as the wind currents directed it to do. Also remember that if its purpose was to seed the clouds, cloud seeding is dependent on actual cloud height, which obviously varies across the country. Simply, the Chinese balloon's rudder alone would not have allowed the balloon to adjust to needed cloud height accordingly. Now, could a bag of nasties like COVID, anthrax, or other assorted nasties, be dropped via the release of ballast from the balloon? Technically, yes, it could be done. But said bag would have had to receive a drop signal via the scene communication device on the balloon in order to release the bag over a specifically intended target, something the wind currents alone might dictate impossible to do. So, Craig... Yet, you know, we still have to be on the safe side, as it's always better to err on the side of caution than to be sorry later on. Government officials, both on the state and federal levels, should watch for, monitor, and keep track of any suspicious uptick in certain diseases over the areas in which the Chinese balloon traversed. We learned a lesson from COVID, or at least we should have, a lesson that due diligence can, for some indeed, make the difference between life and death.
0: All right, so there's two possibilities. You said you have three. Now, most people, you know, when they hear about a spy balloon or a spy plane, you Mm -hmm. know, they're they're kind of thinking in older terms where you would fly something like that over an area and just take pictures. That's not maybe necessarily
1: the case here, right? Right, exactly. So, I asked the question, and to myself basically, was this Chinese balloon on yet another spy mission, no matter that China has been spying on us and we on them for years? obviously it was, to some degree that is, leading the House of Representatives to unanimously pass a resolution last Thursday condemning China for its brazen violation of U.S. sovereignty and its efforts to deceive the international community through false claims about its intelligence collection campaigns. And it's now upon uh, recovered remnant examination been determined that the balloon was operating with electronic surveillance technology capable of monitoring U.S. communications as the balloon had multiple antennas to include an array likely capable of gathering and geolocating communications along with solar panels large enough to produce the requisite power to operate multiple Active intelligence collection sensors. So, why do I say a spy mission to some degree? Because what the Chinese government could have garnered with this balloon would not be anything different or new than what they already have garnered via spy satellites and such. And besides, the Chinese government probably has already sawn up any information gaps remaining courtesy of Representative Eric Swarwell and his relationship with Chinese uh, secret agent Christine Fang, a.k.a. Fang Fang, Rep- representative diane feinstein's 20-year driving miss daisy relationship with her chauffeur gopher Lizzie, liaison to the local asian american community as well as any business deals china made with the infamous hunter biden and his big guy dad a possible reason in my opinion for the eight-day shoot down lab and dare we forget that That during Donald Trump's years as president, in October 2020, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, woke General Mark Milley, publicly admitted that he would gladly sell his Chinese counterpart, one General Li Zhangjian, to warn him of any impending attack on the U.S. if he and he alone believed that as president, Trump was unstable. And while he later tried to walk back his statement, the truth was already out there, thus forcing Millie to resign. And besides, one cannot keep garnering the same information one already has, courtesy of still operational high tech spy satellites. No, spying was not this balloon's primary purpose, in my opinion. China was testing the waters for its invasion of Taiwan by sending a political message to see Joe Biden's response to one of its balloons slowly meandering across our country, a response almost akin to Barack Hussein Obama's appeasement to his Muslim brethren when he allowed Osama bin Laden's body to be buried at sea so as not to be transferred to the U.S., what with Islamic law forbidding what would surely be a forensic autopsy being performed on it so our military shooting down the spy balloon after 8 long days downed while still in US waters now has China demanding that any remnants found be returned to them something unlikely to happen unless Biden bows to their wishes that is which is what China was hoping for but Craig Know that for all intents and purposes, Taiwan has already lost the war, for the Chinese attack on them will surely come while the weak and appeasing Joe Biden is still in office, especially with his now making allegations that U.S. intelligence told Trump that Chinese government surveillance balloons have trans transited the continental United States several times before, but went undetected while he was in office, a claim President Trump said never happened.
0: Now, there's kind of a reason that Joe Biden has come out and tried to push that line of crap, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he—, he I, who knows what he knows on any given day? You know, right. somebody well, has to tell him what time pudding time is, but exactly. But there's a reason his handlers pushed him out there and said, "Tell him this." Right? What is that exactly. reason? Exactly.
1: You have to remember that you know, like the Chinese, Joe Biden is also trying to save face and protect his legacy, for he knows both China and Russia. And folks never discount some form of Chinese-Russian partnership here. Know that. Both dare not risk going up against a strong Republican president, whether it be Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis, as both men would have taken that balloon down upon its entering Alaskan airspace. And both would not only hold China accountable, but there would be a heavy price for China to pay. And unlike the happenings in the previously mentioned novel, the sure to come great war over Taiwan would, under a Republican president, see China the loser with the U.S. its final and rightful conqueror, as this time grievances and occurrences would not be made light of nor ignored. And to that I say case closed with an update. Because as I was getting ready for publication of this article, on Sunday afternoon, February 12th, it was announced that our U.S. military shot down over Lake Huron in Michigan. Its fourth unidentified object in eight days after said object violated North American airspace and posed a hazard to civil aviation. Sadly, folks, the harbingers of war might truly be upon us. I can only hope that our leaders see this as truth.
0: You know, I kind of wonder if there's a 12-year-old kid in Saskatoon wondering why his science project keeps failing.
1: Or how about some big, you know, uh, American tech company who shot off, you know, one of these small communications devices suddenly goes... Why can't I talk to my office in, you know, this place or that place? I mean, Biden, he didn't shoot down when he shot, should have shot down a Chinese surveillance balloon when it was over Alaska. He waited eight days to do that. But he sent our military to shoot down three things, it turns out, that he didn't even know what they were. Well and that's
0: the problem, isn't it? I mean yes. the the Chinese balloon they knew damn well what it was. They watched it for eight days. Right. Okay. And they got so much flack and so much heat for not doing a damn thing about it until it drifted off the coast of the Carolinas and got out to right. sea. Now it's like there's something in the air, shoot it down. You know?
1: Yeah, I mean he's going from one extreme. To the other, and that's something a child would do. It's almost like, you know, I missed the first opportunity. The country had a temper tantrum, so now I'm going to, you know, do this, this, and this. But he's giving no thought well, to what he's doing.
0: It's one thing if you know what it is and you shoot it down rapidly. That's a good right. thing. You know, if you know right. it's a threat, if you know it came from a foreign entity, you know, you want to bring it down right away. Right. But, but the the problem here is they're reacting they're not seeing these things the the one over lake huron they didn't see it until it was over lake huron okay um so that this is all reactionary and they're reacting without any knowledge of what they're doing and we know this because the last three things they've shot down they have fully admitted we we don't know what these were
1: Yeah, and to make matters worse, we have a United States general actually saying we cannot rule out alien, you know, uh, object. Yes, you can.
0: I mean, look, I I believe the aliens are out there. I believe they're watching us. I believe some Mm -hmm. of them are here. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay.
0: But if an alien technology from somewhere else in the galaxy was able to get here they uh-huh. would not be using balloons no
1: i don't think so i mean <laughs> i'm
0: just you know i you know if, if they've got the technology to traverse light years right to get here they're not using balloons plus i don't know if most people realize this everything floats in space but a balloon will not survive entering the atmosphere
1: that's true,
0: right. <laughs> yeah. I mean
1: that's just common sense. We know that because we're space geeks, you know, right. I guess you know, regular people might not, you know, know that. Certain things do burn up as they enter our atmosphere and a balloon would definitely be one of those things. Um, but this whole thing, what's bad about this, Craig, is here we have, okay, we have three objects. Plus, a surveillance balloon. Okay, that takes our mind off everything. Then we have suddenly, like the Ohio train explosion, and now some other explosions happening, releasing dangerous chemicals. We are having more and more shootings on colleges, you know, college campuses, the latest one in, in Michigan. We've had too many sensationalism garnering items that are being manipulated to keep us off the important major, major issues. Our southern border, Ukraine, China, Putin. I mean, and most people are allowing that manipulation. Oh, my God, aliens could be here or, you know...
0: Well it's, but but you know let's let's put let's put some of that blame where it belongs rightfully some of it belongs on this military guy that comes what? out and and says yeah we're not ruling that out but a lot of it also falls on the shoulders of idiots in the media who think that's a valid question to ask
1: well you know you have to understand one thing the media is all about their bottom line Sensationalism garners readership and watchers, which, you know, helps with their bottom line.
0: Right. But I mean, so, a, a, a proper question to ask was why did you shoot down three items that you don't even know to this point what they are or where they came from, and yet you waited eight days to shoot down the one you did know where it came from? I mean, that's a valid question. But, but that's for, a
1: question he doesn't want. Biden doesn't want to have to answer I, 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 because yeah. there is there is only one answer. Why I didn't shoot down the balloon for eight days because China told me not to.
0: Right, but but I'm talking. What other, about,
1: what other answer is there?
0: But I'm talking about asking this military dude, this general, right? Oh you know yeah. and and that's who brought up you know that's who yes you know, well we we can't discount space aliens you know when when you got the military guy in front of you and you're a reporter ask a valid question right you know i mean it's pretty simple uh diane the title of this is the taiwan test or something else folks you can find it in a couple of places, go to Diane's blog, the thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com, or rspradio1.com. Either place, you can find the link to this article. Grab it, read it, hang on to it, and share
1: it. Yeah. It was, in a way, it was kind of fun doing it, because I, I, I just can't believe the whole stupidity about this whole incident.
0: Well, and it gets dumber by the day. It really does. It really, really does. Do yourselves a favor, folks. Grab that link, share it to other people. You know, there's a lot of good information. You got a couple of videos uh, mm-hmm. embedded in the blog. Um, grab it and share it. Uh, the Patriot or rspradio1.com. Either way, you can get the link. And the title on that, again, is The Taiwan Test or Something Else. Well, We've made it here to the top of the hour. That means we need to take another quick break. But on the other side of that, I'm going to be talking about the religion of race baiting.
1: Mm, okay. And join us both on Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. EST at RSPRadio1.com. You're listening to Right
0: Side Patriots Radio, the best in conservative commentary, news, and talk, where we do away with the politically correct nonsense and give you the politically direct truth. This is the home of Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with Craig Andreessen and Diane Sori. We're working to make this country great again from the right and leaving puddles of melted snowflakes on the left. Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots, your best bet on the Internet.
1: You're listening to RSPRadio1.com.
0: Welcome back to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot, Diane Sorey at the Patriot Factor. If you miss any part of tonight's show, go to RSPRadio1.com tomorrow morning, hit the podcast button, and this one and all the rest will be there waiting for you. Okay. All all right. So this week I decided to take on something that's that's just getting worse and worse and worse by the day. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was some information that came out about a week ago that, you know, when I saw it, I thought, oh, I got to highlight a couple of people and draw attention to what's going on here. And I'm glad I did because I've been getting some pretty good response to this all day today. Okay. The religion of race baiting. We don't live, this is a quote, by the way, we don't live by bread alone, but by... Our giving we provide a voice we provide funding to the voice of change and so when we don't give particularly to african-american churches or churches that believe the gospel is justification by faith and social justice when i don't give to to those environments i'm perpetuating the tyree nichols situation of our society so don't be angry about it if you're not going to fund the voice of change that's what giving is about unquote now those were the words of james d galliard a senior pastor of the word tabernacle in rocky mount north carolina a couple of weeks ago from his pulpit now i put the word pastor in quotes because i believe a more accurate title for this clown would be senior race baiter and shakedown hustler galliard was not alone as the Reverend Terry K. Anderson of Lily Grove Missionary Baptist Church in Houston, Texas, also did the race bait hustle on his congregation, stating from his pulpit, We want innocent black men to be policed like guilty white men. He then referred to Kyle Rittenhouse as a quote-unquote guilty white man. At that point, the race baiting hustler said perhaps the dumbest thing yet, He said if Tyree Nichols were white, quote, the black policeman wouldn't, would have politely asked him for his license and registration and courteously sent him on his way, unquote. Anderson went on to declare that white people are prejudiced against all black people claiming, and again, I quote, but you know what white people call us? It rhymes with trigger. And Diane to Mr. Anderson, I say, that's what a lot of black people call each other
1: yes they do and it's no more prominent than in their some some of their god awful rap music
0: well i mean Listen, Mr. Anderson, have you ever listened to a good deal of the rap music that's out there? Have you ever listened to a good deal of the black comics out there, Mr. Anderson? My advice to you, Mr. Anderson, is that you clean up the language from the loudest voices in your own community before you start pissing and moaning about the quietest voices in any other community. By that, I mean a vast minority of the black community calls themselves and each other niggas, but the vast minority has the loudest voices, while the overwhelming vast minority of the white community, those whose voices carry no weight, as they are repugnant to society and therefore are the softest voices out there, use the term nigger. Now then, james d galliard you call for your flock to give to the african-american churches of which yours is apparently one you call for social justice and claim that god wants people to give their money for social justice what a load of crap you're hustling your flock you're playing on their emotions to reap financial rewards god doesn't want your people's money He has no place in which to spend it. But you, you, Mr. Galliard, you can spend that money, can't you? Now, in that respect, Mr. Galliard, you are no different from the liberal politicians you and your flock have been voting for over the past six decades. For 60 years, a parade of politicians, all of them Democrats, have been telling your people that they are their saviors. Vote for us, they tell your people, and we'll use your tax dollars to save you. How is that any different than what you're doing right now, Mr. Galliard? You stand in your pulpit on Sunday and tell your flock, give me your money and we'll save you. Honestly, Mr. Galliard, it's getting pretty damn tough to tell the preachers from the politicians in liberal enclaves these days because both claim to be saviors, but only with other people's money. And Diane, how has that been working out for the black community over the past 60 years? How is it, Mr. Galliard? Have your democratic saviors lifted your flock from injustice and poverty or are things holding the old status quo from 65 years past?
1: Well, you know, a good analogy could be made here with everything you're saying. A lot of it is actually mirrored in the entirety of the Tyree Nichols case.
0: Yeah, and you wrote a big article about the Tyree Nichols thing. Yes. um, You know, a little over a week ago, but in the case of Tyree Nichols, we have a city, Memphis, that's, 65% black being run by a black mayor and which has a black female police chief in which five black cops on a force that is 58% black beat a young black man to death after they had him handcuffed. White America had nothing whatsoever to do with that. Mr. Galliard, Mr. Anderson, that was your community that beat that man to death. That was street justice carried out by a bunch of street thugs. That's what social justice looks like on the streets. And if you don't think so, look back on the, two, or the 2020 Summer of Love, where black people were burning down black communities and black-owned businesses. Mr. Anderson, you brought up Kyle Rittenhouse. You put him in this mess. And you know as well as anybody else that Mr. Rittenhouse was only defending himself from attacks, and I suspect you also know full well that Mr. Rittenhouse is white, and so too were the people he shot that night. Race did not play a part in what happened in the Rittenhouse case any more than race played a part in the Tyree Nichols case. But to Democrats and liberals, everything today is seen through the lens of racism whether or not it applies. And in most cases, it decidedly and obviously does not apply. Now, take what happened in Nyack, New York, at their middle school on February 1st. The school lunch that day was fried chicken and waffles with a slice of watermelon for dessert. February 1st was also the first day of Black History Month. Well, that lunch was quickly deeded by the woke left to be culturally insensitive the school's principal called it an unfortunate situation and the company that provides school lunches said while our menu was not intended as a cultural meal we acknowledge that the timing was inappropriate and our team should have been more thoughtful in its service seriously who doesn't like fried chicken and waffles and watermelon While a few woke parents and administrators were up in arms, I'm willing to bet that the diverse mix of kids at Nyack Middle School were pretty damn happy with that meal until a couple of them got home and heard what their parents were saying. Diane, that's what indoctrination is. That's how indoctrination works. On any given day... Other than February 1st, nobody would have said word one about that lunch being racist, but woke indoctrination rules the roost. How many of those same kids who were targeted by such an extreme example of racism have had the very same meal in their own homes or on a trip to the Waffle House or the IHOP?
1: Well, you know, this whole thing with this meal is ridiculous because... I don't know who ever thought of putting fried chicken with waffles. It's, it's actually really good. One's a breakfast food and one is like a dinner food. Hey, I, I, I have breakfast. no concept of waffles and
0: fried chicken. Waffles could be eaten any time of the day. I'm telling you, waffles and fried chicken is actually really good if you say so i do i absolutely guarantee it it's good
1: okay
0: all right but you know i gotta point out the utter hypocrisy you know with a very simple observation we're told by the woke left to condemn thanksgiving because it is culturally insensitive but we're to revel in the first day of black history month god help us If kids in summer school get served hot dogs and apple pie anywhere near the 4th of July. Now, I could go on and on, but I would be remiss not to draw attention to a member of the black community who actually gets it. Just a bit over a week ago, a fellow by the name of Pierre Rutledge, the chair of the Miami-Dade Black Affairs Advisory Board, issued a very sincere apology... To Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, mm-hmm. apparently on Wednesday, February second, or I—I I, I guess that's Tuesday. Should be Tuesday, probably February second. But anyway, the organization's meeting. Uh, had a member standing up and said, our governor is racist. And that was in response to Governor DeSantis calling out and rejecting an African-American history advanced placement course based solely on the content of the curriculum, which included woke gender and queer nonsense, along with critical race theory. At the time, DeSantis said, this course on black history, what's one of the lessons about? Queer theory. Now, who would say that an important part of black history is queer theory? That is somebody pushing an agenda. Governor DeSantis was 100% correct. And while he had no problem with the first three quarters of that course outline, it was the last 25% of it where that nonsense came into play. The college board, within days, removed that portion of the course outline. And for the record, black American history has for some time been a part of the curriculum in Florida. What DeSantis also said made damn good sense when he asked why we can't just teach American history because black history is part of American history.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Anyway, back to this Pierre Rutledge, who in issuing his apology said, quote, We take it to heart when someone uses the term racist. Words matter. And as chair, I must start by saying we want to pull that back. There's nothing wrong with saying we're sorry. That's not what we intended to say or be depicted by anyone. And that's not the feeling of this board. Mr. Rutledge gets it. Diane, liberalism as a political ideology requires victims, and when the liberal elite can't find any real victims, they'll always manufacture them. And this is where woke policies in law enforcement come into play.
1: Well woke policies in law enforcement are extremely dangerous because when you tie the hands of the police the very people that they're trying to keep in line are basically given a free pass to run rampant
0: that's true i mean that is that is true defunding the police is a woke policy because it results in fewer to no cops on the streets, while woke policies within the way police and DAs work results in fewer good cops on the street and more criminals released onto the street. Fewer good cops results in more subpar or bad cops because standards for hiring are based not on doing the job the right way or experience coupled with moral character, but on a lack of law enforcement training coupled with woke equity over quality of character. Hello, Memphis. Woke policies in the DA's office results in allowing criminals to get away with crimes without fear of deterrence or ramifications, and it demoralizes good cops, into not even wanting to remain on the job. Mm -hmm. Here's what nobody in the mainstream media will tell you. Woke policies favor the criminals and ignore the real victims. When you remove the fear of ramifications and deterrence from the criminal element while driving good cops off the job, leaving more cops with low moral standards on the street— criminals are free to manufacture more real victims for the liberal machine. Manufacturing more victims through woke law enforcement policies while indoctrinating our youth to see racism where it doesn't exist is exactly what the Democrat Party needs if their goal is to keep a segment of the American populace down and make them reliant on government for their own safety. Social justice is not justice. It's nothing but a tool for race baiting hustlers who would rather reap the financial benefits gained by playing emotional games with those they claim to represent in order to take other people's money based on more empty promises. God doesn't need your money, and pulpit pounding race baiting hustlers don't deserve your money. Those Pulpit pounders are nothing but useful puppets of the same liberal elite who have, for the past 60 years, managed to brainwash black people in America into believing by voting for Democrats, they will be saved. Nothing could be further from the truth, and that is the bottom
1: line. It absolutely is the bottom line. When you keep using any excuse, whether it be a religious excuse or just, you know, common sense excuse, if you constantly have to rely on other people to save you, the fault lies within yourself. Yeah, and I
0: mean, this This is, you know, this hustle from the pulpit is certainly not confined to the black community. There are plenty of white hustlers out there, but when you race hustle, that's what we're seeing in the black community. It's the race baiting hustle that we're seeing from the black community. Listen, I, I don't have much use for organized religion going to church on Sundays I know a lot of people do and a lot of people enjoy it I don't you know and and part of it is because if you go to the pastor and say you need help with something the first thing any pastor is going to do is tell you to pray about it right of course right of course okay but when the pastor wants something he comes to you and says donate your money Mhm. okay that's why i don't really care for going to the brick and mortar on sunday because okay. it, it's a hustle right mm-hmm. and in the black community it's now become a race hustle you know you got you've got to give to the black churches so the black churches can save you well they don't have any intention of saving you
1: and they don't have any idea how how about Craig? If pay, uh, people start taking personal responsibility for themselves and their actions, how about people saving themselves instead of always being on the knee on their knees, expecting God or the government to save
0: them, or or their church, their brick and mortar church, and their and their yeah. race baiting hustler that sits in the pulpit yeah. on Sunday? You yeah. know, I mean and and you know when when you get up there in the pulpit and and you say that y- you know what white people call us it rhymes with trigger okay that's what black people call each other it's what black people call themselves right you, you know and if if you're really concerned about that word clean up your own damn community before you worry about anybody else's
1: Well, you remember, Craig, these are the people, these black pastors, these are the people that the first thing in the morning they think of is skin color. The last thing they think of before they fall asleep is skin color. Everything to them revolves around skin color. And what they're doing is a great disservice to uh, Dr. Martin Luther King because he said, judge on the content of the character of the person. Those are very wise words. He didn't put in this person's skin color in that. He just said the the context of their character.
0: You know, he he mentioned skin color. He said uh, he looked forward to a day when people would not be judged by the color of their skin, but the content of their character. Right. You know, and, yeah, wise words indeed. I mean, uh, but that's that's lost now because that doesn't fit the liberal agenda.
1: No, it doesn't. And that liberal agenda, this whole woke nonsense, this whole liberal agenda is slowly destroying our country. But that was their intended purpose because, remember, the, the puppet is Joe Biden. The one who's pulling the strings, even in this, is Obama. This is True. his fundamental transformation of America, part two.
0: Well, and, and you're right. And in this commentary, The Religion of Race-Baiting, what I'm trying to really get across here is that if you hear a black pastor on TV or, or from the pulpit uh you know talk about we need social justice social justice is what's causing the problem in their community by telling you we need more of it and if you give your money to this church we'll we'll insist on more social justice what that pastor is actually telling you is that if you give me your money i'll make sure that nothing ever gets better and only
1: gets worse well, you know what they're doing. They're using their church as almost protection money. That's right. It's, it's almost, a shakedown. It, it, it's almost on the verge of blackmail.
0: Yeah, it's it's a it's an organized crime shakedown.
1: Yeah, it you is. know,
0: and and it's it's being engineered by the liberal elite. I mean, let's let's not kid ourselves. You Why know? do
1: we call them elite? They're not elite. They're scum.
0: Well, they are, we but call but, them
1: liberal scum, not liberal elite.
0: But, but they're they're at the top of the scum layer of I liberalism. Know, I know, I know. You know, uh, these are the people that are that are pulling the strings and moving the dials. Yeah. you know, and this has been going on for sixty years. You know, ever since the signing of the Civil Rights Act. Now, don't get me wrong; the Civil Rights Act is a damn good thing. Okay, but that was that was. It, it would have been law years ahead of when it was. Okay, it was signed into law in 1964. It would have been law in the late 1950s. But one senator from Texas stopped it, and that was LBJ.
1: Right. right. And, and, you know, remember also, affirmative action, yes, it was very good in some aspects, but affirmative, I mean, um, the civil... The civil law, um, right? Uh, thing you were talking about is was very good in one respect, but you have to understand also it was also bad, because of that it gave birth to affirmative action, right. which in time has led to the birth of not equality but equity.
0: Ex- exactly, and that's all part of that liberal elite agenda. Okay, yeah. they 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 held back on the the. Uh, signing of the civil rights act until it was politically prudent for them because LBJ became the president. And so under LBJ, he's the one that signed it into law. Okay. Then they could start to bastardize it. And that's where you get things like affirmative action and so many other things. Okay. Do you
1: know what gets me about that, Craig? It was known for many years that LBJ was a racist. Oh yeah. Yeah. Big time. Okay. And yet, blacks came out in droves to vote for the very person that wanted to keep them in mental chains
0: and, and they're still get doing it.
1: it and they're still doing it because and they're still doing
0: it exactly it, it, it's it's like i say in the commentary it's it's a brainwashing okay mm-hmm. the the liberals say we're the only party that's here for you we're the only party that can do anything to help you And if you vote for us, we're going to help you. Well, look around. The top 10 most dangerous cities in the country have been run by liberals for decades. The top 10 poorest cities in the country have been run by liberals for decades. And if black people in America think that they just can't get ahead, it's because they live in communities that vote liberal. Every time for
1: 60 years. Exactly. What, they're, what these pastors, in a way, are playing is the Stockholm, you know, victim yeah. syndrome. Yeah,
0: you're right.
1: And it, it's gotten to the point where, you know, I hear these stories and I'm like, really? Really? You know, why haven't we moved on past this nonsense of skin color? We haven't moved on from it because the Democrats are using it to garner votes everything is about garnering votes to keep them in power and that's the bottom line you make people beholden to you they're not going to vote against you
0: that's right that's that's exactly what they're doing let me Mm -hmm. put it let me put it this way if liberal policies really lifted people out of poverty and oppression they'd run out of victims and nobody would vote for them anymore
1: that's right. <laughs> I mean, victimhood is a big business, Craig.
0: <laughs> in, in, in the liberal world, it certainly is. Folks, Absolutely. you can get this commentary, The Religion of Race Baiting, two places. You can go to my blog, thenationalpatriot.com, or go to rspradio1.com. Either place, you can grab the link, you can read it for yourself, and hopefully share it everywhere. Right. That's, That's the whole good idea. article. Well, thank you. And with that, Diane, you and I have run out of time tonight.
1: Okay.
0: Nighty night, folks. Folks, have yourselves a great night. God willing, the creek don't rise. We'll be here on Friday. (laughs) Itchy ants and car wrecks aside, have a great rest of the week. Bye-bye.